0: yeah all right it's the cxm experience and i am grad khan cxo at sprinkler uh here today to talk specifically about something that uh, we put out a short while ago called the forbes world's most influential cmos report and uh this is something that we've been doing now for about eight years uh we work very closely with forbes and linkedin to produce a list of the world's most influential CMOs. And it's uh, essentially 50... Uh, CMOs who we judge as the most influential CMOs in the world. And I get a lot of questions on this report, and a lot of people are very excited about it. Um, Some new people who are on the list for the first time, some people who've fallen off the list, or some people who've moved their positions within the list, and a lot of people who weren't on the list who would like to know how how to get onto it. And so what I thought I would do is just take a few minutes uh, and just kind of go through those really quickly, uh, just to kind of outline it. Um, I will say two things. One is that um, feel free to message me. Uh, LinkedIn's a great place to do it. I'm starting to get quite a few messages on LinkedIn around the CXM experience. That's a that's a really great way to get a hold of me. Um, that mailbox gets looked at a lot. Uh, or you could um, DM me on Twitter. It's not bad. Uh, friend me on Facebook. Connect with me there. Very good way to do it. Uh, or you can send an email to grad.conn at sprinkler.com. And um, I'll uh, get back to you as fast as I can. Uh, And I'm happy to do one-on-one briefings with anyone who's interested on learning more about what their their position was. And uh, happy to talk to every CMO uh, that we looked at. So feel free to reach out to me. Uh, The first thing that I kind of want to kind of cover on is how many people did we consider and uh, how many People did we look at and what did it take to be eligible in the first place? And so, um, what's probably helpful just to understand how it all works is that there's essentially three core data inputs. There are two new ones this year, which I'll come back to in a second, but there are three core data inputs performance of the individual, uh, the individual CMO, across a bunch of different things, including news sources. It's not just social. So, it's like influence as measured by mentions in news. Magazines and mentions in newspapers and things like that. Uh, Then the performance of the organization itself, uh, given that the CMO has an important role in the organization's performance. Let's see, those two are connected. And then thirdly, the CMO's performance on LinkedIn, uh, particularly around the social selling index score, but a lot of people underestimate LinkedIn's importance. And I think I'm one of the world's biggest LinkedIn fans. I think it's an incredible platform. They're doing an amazing job of creating community. And if someone's lower on the list, we always coach them up. Uh, typically, it's because they're not as engaged on LinkedIn and should be. That's sort of the three sort of data sources. The first two are Sprinkler, And we're pulling uh, a fairly significant number of um, data points. Uh, there are about 800 million brand-related social media shares, likes, retweets, and comments that we pulled in. Uh, About 130,000 different news, blogs, and uh, Twitter uh, mentions about or from eligible CMOs. Uh, More than 2 million LinkedIn profile views and 600,000 LinkedIn engagements. So LinkedIn does their stuff, and then Sprinklr does all the broad-scale stuff across the rest of the conversational web. So, um, what does it take to get on the list? So, 427 global CMOs were actually eligible for consideration this year. And to be eligible to be on the list, you or your brand must be uh, on one of the following lists. The Forbes Most Influential CMOs 2019, last year's. Forbes CMO Next list. The Forbes 100 Most Valuable Brands list. Ad Age Top Advertisers. Or the Forbes uh, CMO Summit Speakers list, uh, or be on both of the Brand Finance 500 list and the F- Forbes World's Largest Public Companies list. Uh, only global CMOs are eligible. If there's no global CMO, the regional CMO of the country, of uh, the company's headquarters is eligible. Uh, and so we've got that full list and um, you know, we kind of sort of stack ranked nearly 500 CMOs around the world, which is pretty cool. So the... Um, uh, methodology was, I think, uh, pretty interesting. So basically, we looked at that, uh, three things, which I sort of covered off quickly before. Uh, we'll call one brand performance indicators. So it would be engagement rate on brand posts and the volume of engaged followers for the brand. The second thing was personal impact on brand awareness. So total direct and indirect Twitter mentions that would be app mentions and then CMO plus brand name mentions. Also, online and blog mentions of the CMO, and then news mentions of the CMO in the context of the brand. Uh, And then thirdly, there'd be industry and internal influence. Uh, The CMO volume of LinkedIn connections, uh, this is all the LinkedIn stuff. External views of the CMO's LinkedIn profile from outside the company, impressions and engagements on the CMO's LinkedIn shares, and internal views of the CMO's LinkedIn profile from within the company. So that's sort of the corner core things. Now, we actually added a couple of things this year uh, for a couple of reasons. One is that classically we released the study for CAN, which is at the end of June. CAN was canceled this year. So that sort of end of June deadline went away. Uh, also, there's a bunch of things that happened in March. I can't even imagine what they were uh, that sort of thought, mm, this is a bit of an unusual time. Maybe we should change our our study because it would seem a bit weird, I think, to Typically, we'd stop the data collection in March and then have the report ready in June. And it seems like we'd be leaving on a pretty important piece of time. So what we did is we extended the data collection through the end of June and then released the report in September. And the two things that we added were visibility on COVID-19. So what were the engagements and impressions on COVID-19 related LinkedIn posts uh, total direct and indirect Twitter mentions, online and blog mentions of the CMO, and news mentions of the CMO, all in the context of COVID-19. And then we also added visibility on Black Lives Matter. Uh again, total indirect and direct brand name mentions um, and Twitter mentions, online and blog mentions, and news mentions. And so by adding COVID-19 and BLM, I think we we took the two kind of core things that were happening in that. March to June period and looked at how CMOs responded to that. And it actually had a pretty big impact on sort of the ratings. And I think what it was an interesting test of is how fluid are CMOs in terms of their ability to adjust to change. Uh, And so so basically, we look at uh, sort of quartiles for each of the scores. So there's a four-quartile view, uh, and people will rate in the different quartiles. Uh, And we can go through and we have essentially strengths- uh, neutral, and challenges for each CMO. And you can sort of see sort of what, uh, what was going well or not going well. I think what was what's fun when I go through these is that many of the CMOs actually did a really good job of continuing what they've been doing in previous years. Um, but what we're seeing across the board is there's been a significant escalation broadly by other CMOs. So treading water is just not going to do the trick anymore. You're going to have to kind of keep going forward and keep getting better all the time. And so I do enjoy these calls because it's a good way to help the CMO understand what they need to do to drive to the next level. And I think that's always good to keep sharpening the saw. Keep thinking about things are, cha- things are changing uh, and keep looking at how to make sure that your own influence can be used to help your brand. And I think at the end of the day, the maybe the one thing that I would sort of leave us with here is that the influential CMO study is, is less about CMOs wanting to be famous. And more about the fact that the CMO has a big impact on the brand itself and the brand awareness itself. But, you know, you've heard me talk a little bit about this move from the broadcast world of the 20th century to the conversational world of the 21st century. So think about broadcast channels, conversational web. And in the conversational web, you know, we have the identity and interests of the customers who are coming to us sort of in so sort of kind of in a trade like modality, customers are like, "I want to know who's behind the company. And who am I buying from? And who are you? What kind of people are you? Uh, let me see your name and identity. Let me understand who you are. Let's put a face on this thing. And I think that that ability to put more of a face on your company as a CMO and to sort of create a brand for your company around who you are, is not about puffing yourself up. It's really about helping your company be successful by associating it with real individuals, with real human beings. And so I'm a big believer in that. I mean, I I blog, do this thing called a podcast on a regular basis. Um, Pretty much I'm out there as much as I can be. But, you know, I'm talking about Sprinkler, And I'm talking about how Sprinkler can change the lives of, you know, millions of people on the planet and certainly change the fortunes of the customers who work with us so uh, get out there make it happen um, if you're a cmo who's shy don't think about it as being about you think about it as being you helping your company be successful and uh, if you want to know more again please hit me uh, give me some comments throw me some uh, suggestions happy to talk about it more and for the cxm experience this is GradCon.